Hey, we're in the new series. It's called Power Players. And uh, here's why it's so important. We're in John chapter 13. Take your Bible, open it to John chapter 13. John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 is called the Upper Room Discourse. It's, and I want you to read it, okay? I want you to take your time reading it. This week, read it. Next week, read it. Next week, I want you five weeks for this whole series, one chapter a day, keep reading this. Here's why. This is the most important teaching in all of the scriptures. This is, it's 24 hours till Jesus is going to be hanging on a cross, dying, going into a tomb, and he knows it, and he spends time with his disciples only, crowds out, disciples only. This is what I need you to know, boys. This is what I need you to know, girls. This is it. This is the most important thing I can say to you. I only got a little time left. This is it. This is the powerful pieces that you have to play in the game of life. I need you to listen closely. These are the final instructions from Jesus Christ. Have you ever wanted the pastor just to boil it down? I mean, pastor, you use a lot of words. Could you just boil it down? Yeah, I'm going to boil it down in the next five weeks. This is it. It's like this. You ever played chess? Anybody? Raise your hand if you played chess. If you haven't played chess, it's, it can be a complicated game, but it's not really that bad. Um, you can learn. These are the pieces. This is the board. You can learn. They all move a certain way, a certain direction. They all do their thing, right? So, but there's certain pieces that are power pieces. See, these are all pawns. They're in the game. If you play chess, you know how important they are. They could be a game changer, right? But these, these are the power players, right? You don't want to lose one of these unless you're getting something in return, right? These are the power players. We're going to spend five weeks on power players And I need you to be engaged. I need you to come back every week. I need you to read John 13 through 17, one chapter at a time, day by day. I need you to really soak in what God is doing. Here's the first one, the first power player. Aren't you like, give it to me now? Who's like that? Okay, I didn't do the intro very well. Awesome. I'm like, I don't care. What do you want to preach on today, Steve? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Like Genesis 1-1, right? Let's just preach about... I'm so amped up to be at John 13, all right? Could we, uh, could we get after the first power player? The first power player is serving others. Like, eh, pick another one. No, that's the first power player. That's what Jesus says is most important. And that's the first thing he lays down when he gets his disciples alone. Serving others in humility. Let's read it from the text. John chapter 13. Here it is. Now therefore, does that say therefore? You do know I have bifocals, right? Okay, I'm going to get in the window now. I'm going to get in the right window. Here I go. Here I go. I'm right there. All right. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew, underline that, Jesus knew that his hour, that's the cross, the death, the resurrection, had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world. 
He loved them to the end. Circle to the end. Ends are hard. He's coming to the end of something. If you've ever had somebody die in your life, Kimberly's grandpa, grandma, great-grandma uh, passed this last week. I mean, we wanted her to go. We know she's in heaven, and yet it was still hard. Why? Because it's the end. It's the end. There's grief when it's the end. So it's, this is hard. It's to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put in, it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing, highlight that, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper and laid aside his outer garments, taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Verse 6. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I don't wash you, you have no share with me. That word share is participation. It's part. It's fellowship. You don't have any part with me. You don't have any participation with me if we don't do this thing. Simon Peter said to him, because he wants fellowship with Jesus, as we do, we're here. Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my feet, head. Do you know anybody like that? Extreme to extreme? All right, anyway. Man, that's a tough life, as I see it on, this, on the pages of Scripture. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you, that's plural, are clean, but he's going to clarify here, but you, plural, are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew, underline that, he knew. Did Jesus know? Do you have this sense that Jesus might have known what was going on? He knew, for Jesus knew who was to betray him. I mean, he's been saying it for now 12 chapters. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. Let's finish up. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and returned to his place, and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand? When was the last time we heard that word? Verse 7, right? He's like, you don't understand, but, but you're gonna. Okay, now he's gonna tell them. Do you understand what I've done for you? Do you understand? Does everybody understand what he's done? Well, how could we understand, Jesus? You haven't told us yet. This is why the next few verses are so important. Key in on this. Box them. Highlight them in your Bible. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your teacher and Lord, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, underline this, you also ought to wash one another's feet. What's the point, Jesus? You ought 
also wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Do just as I have done to you. Underline that in your Bible. If you want to get the point of this power player, you got to be on these phrases. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Who sends a messenger? A king. A king sends a herald. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Everybody wants a blessing. Go ahead and circle that in your Bible. I want a blessing. I want a blessing. You want a blessing? Yeah. Well, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So we've got to be doers of the word today. That's, that's where the blessing is at. When we do what Jesus Christ showed us to do in this passage. So, just to highlight a few things, here's the, here's the first point. Choose. Do you see that? It's if language. If, 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 if. If you know these things, if you do them. So, the point is choose. Number one, choose to serve others when it's hard. Choose to serve others when it's hard. You're like, I wasn't expecting that. Choose to serve others when it's hard. Shouldn't it be choose to serve others when it's convenient? Shouldn't it be choose to serve others when it's easy? No, that's not what the Bible teaches. Look at the verses 1 through 5 again. Now before the feast of the Passover. Doing the Passover wasn't easy. They had to kill a lamb. They had to do all these ritualistic things. Jesus knew his hour. The cross is not an easy thing. Does anybody here think the cross would be easy? No. Dying on a cross, not easy. It's hard. Dying on a cross when you don't deserve anything, let alone a hangnail? (laughs) He's perfect. He doesn't deserve any of this. And he's going to die on a cross. Every sin that you've ever committed and any sin that any heinous person has committed in all of the world, all on his shoulders at that moment, he feels like God has turned his back because he feels the weight of our sin. It's hard. Matter of fact, it would have annihilated any one of us. Jesus was the only one that could bear up under that. That's how hard that is. He was going to depart out of this world to the Father. He can't wait for that. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Like I said earlier, ends are hard. It's going to end one day. And that's going to be hard. We've had some ends this last year. People ended their employment. People ended going church here. You know? Sometimes you've wanted to end things and walk out. Sometimes I've wanted to end things and walk out, huh? It's hard. I mean, can we just be admit it? It's hard. Doing church is hard. And serving others is harder than even doing church. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Is betrayal hard? Come back next week and see. Betrayal is hard. He knows he's going to be betrayed. He's already been betrayed. Many people think that 
Judas already had the 30 pieces of silver in his pocket. It's already entered his heart to do this thing. All he has to do is kiss him, that's all. He already has the money. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from the Father and was going back to God, he did something. What did he do? He took action. That's what he did. He took action. Now, I want to explain it to you a couple different things here. First of all, it's hard. Can you see it in the text that it's hard? I mean, it's just phenomenally hard. Hard beyond what we can imagine. You're like, well, I can imagine a few things, Steve. (laughs) I've been in the pinch before. Have you ever been in the pinch? Okay, you're not responding today. Because Tyler's here? Tyler likes to hear you respond. Have you ever been in the pinch? Do you know what I'm talking about? Between the rock and the hard place? I'm going to ask my boys to come up and help me. There's a, there's a pinch. There's a rock and a hard place. And you don't want to uh, be in this spot. But we're going to illustrate it, so I'm going to ask them to come up and help me. Do you see this man with a nice t-shirt that he's going to put away after today? Yeah, this is my son Tate. I love him very much. But he's going to put that t-shirt away. And, and this guy's wearing vertical stuff. Hey, look at that. You can keep wearing that. Way to go. All right. This is Noah. He's the taller, uh, better looking than me one. All right. Okay. I'm in the pinch. Can you feel the pressure? Go ahead. Give me the pressure. I'm in the pinch. And there's some things that you want to do, right? Five ways when you feel the pressure to get out. Okay. You want to get out of the pressure? Here's five ways. Now, I don't recommend all of them, but give me the pressure. All right. So five ways to get out of the pressure. The first thing you can do is fight. All right, so you can just try to fight that pressure, but man, this is uncomfortable. Somebody's going to get hurt, right? And you can fight it if you want, right? But I'm feeling the pressure, all right? And the second thing you can do is you can flee, all right? So as the pressure squeezes on and on, I'm like, I don't like this. I'm getting out of here. And, you know, I could have left this year. You could have left this year, but we didn't. We stayed here. It was hard. We did the hard thing. We stayed in the pinch. We stayed in the pressure, and that's an admirable thing. And so I'm here. I'm in the pressure, all right? And the next thing I can do is just lay down, right? You want to see that? Flounder. I could just flounder and just be like, oh, this is so hard. I can't do it anymore. All right? How did I get to that cartoon voice? I don't know. That was awesome. But here's the thing. Here's the fourth thing. You know what? You could try to fix it. The pressure comes on. You could try to fix it. You could just be yelling in people's face, don't do this to me, man. What's wrong with you? You need his earring aid, no? (laughs) You could try to fix it by just standing up for yourself, saying what you have to say, talk your way out of it. But here's how it should go. This is number five, and this is the important one, right? All right, the pressure comes, and what you need to do as you need to fall. You need to fall on your knees and you need to get low. You need to humble yourself. You need to serve others when it gets hard. All right, thanks, guys. You need to fall. You need to get low. What did Jesus do? He took off his clothes. He's almost naked. Is that humiliating? I'd say so. 
He goes around. He's going to wash the disciples' feet. Dirty, smelly, grimy. What does the room smell like? And he scrubs their feet on his hands and knees, one after another. And he gets to Peter, you know something's going to happen then, right? But when did he wash Judas's feet? How hard was that knowing what was going to happen? And yet he loved him. This is humility. This is serving others. This is what God's word commands us to do. Even when it's hard, we serve others. This is what the Bible teaches us to do. And I want to be like Jesus. Last thing on this point. Just look at all these action words. Look at verse 4 and 5. He rose. He laid aside. Taking a towel. He tied it around his waist. He poured water. He began to wash. He wiped them. And he came. Verse 6. He took action. He didn't mope. He didn't pout. He didn't say, oh, it's hard. I got to get away. I'm going to lay down now. I need a nap before this all happens. Oh, I'll just talk my way out of it. No. No. He got low. He took action. And I got to ask you, closing this point, what action? What move in the game, right? What power player? No. No, 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 people, no. Don't do that. Please consider this point in this passage very carefully. This is important. It's a power player. These other things that the world says leaves a distaste and a dissatisfied uh, sense in my, myself. I want you to badly, badly, I want so badly for you to get this. I wish I could get up to you, each one of you, and just be like, do you, do you get this? How can I explain it? What more do you need? I want you so badly to experience the joy of following Jesus' example by serving others. And it says it here. Did you see it there? Truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than a master. Who's the master? Point to the master. I mean, I'm not the master. He's the master, right? It says a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. Point to who sent you to church today. Point to who sent me to preach today. We have a king. He sent a herald. I'm heralding the word. You're going to herald it all week. This is what we do. We're followers of a king. And the last verse, if you know these things, church, I'm asking you. I'm expecting a reply. Do you know these things now? We know these things. We've read God's word. It's clear. Blessed are you if you do them. I know everybody wants a blessing. I love to preach a blessing. So I'm going to preach a blessing right now. Hey, you want to be blessed? Start to serve others. Or continue. I know some of you guys are just serving and serving and serving. Continue to serve others. Don't serve out of empty well. You got to have a filling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need that today. Maybe you just need a fresh filling. You're like, man, get to communion, Steve, because I need to be filled. I need this feet washed. I need this sin gone. I need to be filled. Great. Be filled to serve others. Maybe you're like, man, I'm living in sin because I don't serve others. I've never served at this church. I don't have any plans to do that, but you're kind of convicting me right now by the word and by, by Jesus Christ, and I think I need to make a different choice. Great. 
Confess that. Take communion. Live with clean feet. Let's go. Be blessed. Blessed are you if you do them. Here's the thing. It starts in your own heart and life. We're going to practice communion. You're going to get yourself cleaned up. Everybody for that? Let's go. All right? We're going to pray for one another. We're going to wash each other's feet. We're going to serve and love each other right now. Secondly, this should spill over into the church as a whole. Your personal walk with Christ and serving others should spill into our fellowship together. So Ephesians 4 um, says it the best. I'm going to close with this verse. Rather, speaking the truth in love, which I've tried to do today, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This church builds itself up in love. No one person, not the staff, not the elders, not the deacons, not the coaches have to build this church. It builds itself up in love. Isn't that freeing? Small group leaders, isn't that freeing? You don't have to build the church. Jesus builds the church. When the body builds itself up in love, when we do our part, when we serve one another, the church naturally builds itself up in love. What's your part? Here's what I want you to do. If you're able, I know some of you might not be physically able, but if you're able, I want you to get down on your knees. I want you to turn that chair into an altar. Just go ahead. Swing, swing around. Get your knees on the floor because we want to fall. We want to get low. And I want to ask you to practice that right now. We have to make it personal first. It's time to wash our own feet or to let Jesus wash them right now. Who's the only one that can save you from your sin? Jesus. Who's the only one that can wash you clean right now? Jesus. So would you humble yourself? Would you confess your sin like it says in 1 John 1, 9? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can be completely clean. Maybe you're saying, man, I've never been completely clean. I've never asked Jesus to save me from my sin. Today's the day. You can be completely clean today. Why not? Just ask him to save you. Tell him he's the Lord of your life. And live in a new freedom and walk with him. Jesus is serving you right now. His blood covering you right now. Confess. Be free. Wash your feet in Jesus' name. Father, we love you. It's in your name we ask that you would forgive us of our sins and you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that we might be free the bondage of sin and be free to serve others and to tell others how awesome you are 
what a precious gift you are to us. We love you. As we sing, when you're ready, just rise to your feet, take action like Jesus did. Go get the elements, his body broken for you, his blood spilled for you. This do in remembrance of him.